Today on the Almond Journey podcast. Hey, we live in the Central Valley. We're in the breadbasket, and we have some of the most hungriest people uh, right here in Bakersfield. Brett Sill is back on the show to talk about Morningstar Fresh Food Ministry that he started eight years ago to serve the Bakersfield community. the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On the show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I'm traveling up and down the valley, virtually in this case, to feature the leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their communities, and advance the almond industry. Today's episode takes us back down south on 99 to Bakersfield, California, where we'll talk to Brett Sill, who you heard from back in episode eight. We're revisiting Brett for a bit of a different story on today's episode, one that's perfect for the Thanksgiving holiday that's happening here this week. Mostly on this show, we share stories of leadership in the orchard and in the almond industry. Today is a chance to hear a great story of an almond grower also impacting his community. In 2013, Brett felt led to be of service to the people of Bakersfield. He says he was called to deliver fresh food directly from growers to people in need of high-quality food. Since that time, Morningstar Fresh Food Ministry has grown tremendously and served thousands of people. Thanksgiving is a particularly significant time for Morningstar, which Brett's going to share about here shortly in this episode. First, though, I asked him to take us back to the start of this nonprofit, which he formed over eight years ago. In September 2013, we started Morningstar Fresh Food Ministry with 32 families out of the garage of the produce brokerage warehouse I was working at. And uh, from there, it's just grown. The community's been amazing. We're going to be doing 680 families this Thanksgiving. It's just the community and the people have just been amazing supporting the ministry. That's incredible. And when you say 680 families this Thanksgiving, what are those 680 families uh, experiencing? So they're uh, just experiencing hope and love that um, there is good in this world. And, and even though we're filled with darkness and a bunch of stuff going on with the pandemic and, you know, they're struggling to put fresh food on the table, that they have hope that they're going to get something good. And so what we try and do is do nothing but fresh, get, you know, good quality stuff from amazing growers that we have right here in the Central Valley. We get organic stuff from Grimway and we get carrots and and juices from Bolt House and oranges and lemons and potatoes just from some amazing growers right here. And it's not stuff that they're throwing away. It's good quality stuff that you and I would put on the table. And so he gave me that vision to take the talents that I had in the produce business. And I knew how to buy, I knew how to, to pack, and I knew how to distribute and just take that for a food ministry here and that we could do everything fresh. And with the growers that I knew and the connections that I had, it was nothing for them to give me, you know, when we started off like five boxes of potatoes and 15 boxes of this. And so it was just, um, it was really just taking what I knew and say, hey, let's uh, use it for something better and something for our community. And when you kind of had this vision, how is this different from, you know, for people who may not be familiar with how things work from like a food pantry or from other organizations that have a similar mission? Well, the main thing that we wanted to do was because 
we are in the breadbasket of America in the growing region of Central California. And with all the fresh produce that we do here and all the different items that we grow throughout the year, we wanted to make everything fresh. And that was really my wife was really pushed us on to do everything fresh. Let's not go get canned and frozen. Let's do fresh produce. Let's do fresh meats from a local butcher and fresh fruits and vegetables from local growers. And so just with the connections that that we had here, it was really easy to put together when you kind of look at it. And so, you know, it's it's no different than trying to run a business or anything. It's it's having a vision, it's casting that vision, it's um putting things down on paper and talking to other people that can help you get it started. And so, like I said, I probably got this vision in 2010 to do this. And it wasn't until September 2013 to when we actually got it going and started. So you know, it's very similar. You just don't jump into something. You need to try and figure everything out and be diligent about what you're doing and how you're going to do it. And how close to your vision is Morningstar today? You know, the way it looks today, how similar is that to what you envisioned back in 2010? As far as the food and all that goes, it's very similar to what I had. How we go about doing it is, is changing all the time from the growers that I'm working with, to the people that we're dealing with, to the organizations that we now have on board. Because, you know, we have, you know, about 18 different uh, what I call distribution partners where they come to the warehouse and they pick up 10, 15, 25 boxes and then go back into their community to deliver them to the families in need there. And so, you know, what's changed is obviously, hey, we had to be more efficient in how we pack. And so, you know, when we started on tables, pushing boxes down the tables, now we have, you know, packing rollers, we have gravity rollers, and we have rollers going to the lines, and we have two lines that mirror each other. So, you know, we can pack 600 boxes in about 45 minutes. We're very efficient so that when people go out and deliver, now they have more time to spend, you know, with those families to let them know that there's, there's hope. You know, for us to make it easy for our volunteers to, you know, come and spend less than two hours to pack five, six hundred boxes, it, it makes it easy for them to come out with their family and to be able to volunteer because it takes us about 40 to 50 volunteers to really make it run smoothly. And so we do it once a month and we ask them to come give up a couple hours on a Saturday. And it's just really cool to see them come out with their little kids and and they love putting grapes in a box or they love putting carrots in a box or peaches or whatever the fresh fruit that we have that particular month. And are you able to provide fresh food year round once a month like that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the great thing about California. And the great thing about the shippers that that we're dealing with is that, you know, they might not always have it from Kern County, but you know, they might be getting stuff out of the desert, um, the Imperial Valley, or they might be even going up into Washington, Oregon to get potatoes and they're bringing it down here. And I'm just so blessed that these growers do that. Not only will they give us product that's sometimes not even coming out of their farm, but they're eating the cost, you know, to freight it down here to go ahead and donate some of the fresh fruits and vegetables to us. So, so that we can make those boxes go further. Because what we do is we end up buying all the meats and then I try and get as much fruits and vegetables as I can donated. Then I'll use a local wholesaler to balance out that box or to get something like strawberries or celery or something that's not grown here, but I can get it from Santa Maria or I can get it from Oxnard through a wholesaler that way. 
And are these boxes delivered to their doorstep? And how do the families find you? So the families now, they're just uh, really kind of word of mouth. They're seeing us, um, you know, on the social media. We have a pretty good presence on Facebook and Instagram. And so they'll see us on that. We have our own box made up. Um, I have a cousin in the box industry that was uh, generous enough to, to get us a box design. And we have our website and we have phone numbers on there. And so they see us uh, just word of mouth. They see us on social media. And then, you know, on the website, they can go in and fill out basically like a little questionnaire that we can, you know, kind of dive down and then figure out, you know, hey, what they got coming in? What do they got going out? And figure out, is this a family that needs a box or do they need help in another way? And then there's other nonprofits around town that we can lead them to, you know, if it's housing or if it's, you know, help with getting transportation to the doctor's office or they need to go to L.A. to see a specialist. And we can send them in the other direction that they need help in. So we try and work with the other nonprofits around town just to give them more than just, you know, food if that's what they need, if they need housing, if they need you know, transportation, we can kind of help in that aspect. So yeah, they just go to the website, they fill out that questionnaire, and then we reach out and we kind of do more of an intake to see if we can approve them to receive a box. And I don't know if you can share any specific stories or in general, you know, what do you hear from these families who receive this? I'm sure you must feel the rewards of, of this effort, you know, after doing it for so many years. What are you hearing back from these families? One Saturday, I had a, a gal come up to me, Jama, and, you know, she had been struggling, lost her job. And so she came and, you know, I said, hey, how can I pray for you? And she's, oh, she's, I'm having an interview on Monday for this county job. And I just really hope I can get it. My family needs it. So we prayed for that job. And, you know, next month she came back and says, hey, I got that job. I couldn't believe it. It's been amazing. So not only did she get a job where she was getting a box, But actually now she comes back and she will purchase a box, you know, because she says, hey, I'm good. Let's let that money go somewhere else to someone that's more in need than me. And so she'll come and purchase a box because we do like a griller special, mainly for our volunteers and stuff that have higher end meats and stuff like that. And so, you know, we like to say we want to give them a hand up instead of a hand out. And then that way they have some skin in the game and they want to, um, you know, contribute back to society. And so that's a perfect example of we help them get on their feet and then they turn around and are blessing us because sometimes she'll go deliver to a family or she'll sponsor a, a box for another family. So that's what's really exciting to see, you know, a person that was receiving a box and now they're doing so well that they're contributing back to the ministry. Well, can you share for those who may not be aware of the hunger issue in the Central Valley of California, you know, the one of the most productive, if not the most productive agricultural land in the world. And there's hunger issues right there in Fresno and Bakersfield. Can you maybe just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So that was something that really just blew me away, thinking that, hey, we live in the Central Valley. We're in the breadbasket production of all the food and agricultural in this valley in the world. And we have some of the most hungriest people uh, right here in Bakersfield. And Bakersfield has been ranked number one in food hardship for several years now. And I was surprised that so many people struggle to put food on their table. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, put a dent into that by, you know, not just giving them food, but giving them fresh food, food that 
you and I would want to put on the table. And so families are struggling out there and we're just trying to help them get through this period of time so that they can get food on the table. Awesome. And for farmers that might listen, you know, are you always looking for more farmers to get involved and and kind of what does it take on the farmer's end to be a part of this? You know, we'd love to have more growers. You know, sometimes I get complacent and call the same growers month after month and put the same thing in the box. And so, you know, having uh, an additional grower on there that has maybe something that we don't normally get, uh, whether it's a stone fruit or, um, you know, a different potato or something like that. So growers want to get involved, reach out to me, go onto the, the website and you can send an email or you can call me, my cell phone, 661-900-8469. And we come and pick it up. So we try and make it easy. I have a 24 foot refrigerated truck that I go out and I pick everything up right from the grower shippers dock and bring it back to the warehouse. And so if you want to get involved and you want to donate, you know, some fresh produce to us, we'd love to uh, get involved. So we've gone as far as up as Kingsburg and down as far as Arvin to pick up stuff. And I'm not afraid to go to Santa Maria or Oxnard. So some of those growers are listening over there and they want to do some strawberries or uh, celery or anything like that. We'd love to, um, come get some of that produce and add that to the box and give them a variety of of what we're giving them. So just always giving them potatoes and oranges and carrots, some of the things that we have right here in Kern County. Do you have an idea of over the years, Brett, how many boxes you've delivered? I do. So since September, 2013, we've done over 41,000 boxes of fresh produce to uh, families in need here in Kern County. So that's roughly over a million pounds of fresh fruits and vegetables and meats that we deliver to needy families on any given month. That's incredible. And how is all of this funded? Is it funded through donations or how, how are you able to do all this? Yeah, so we do uh, we do sponsorships is our um, one of our ways to fund a family. And so by sponsoring a, a box for $40 a month, they're going to get anywhere from six to eight pounds of meats and 20 plus pounds of fruits and vegetables. And so that's one way that people come along and support the ministry. We do uh, a big dinner, uh, live auction, usually in the springtime. So we have a big fundraiser for that, that we do that creates um, some good revenue for us. And then uh, here this December, we're actually doing a pheasant hunt out on the ranch. And that's just another way that we, uh, have another fundraiser to uh, raise money to to buy all the meats and some of the fruits and vegetables and the boxes and just all the other stuff that we need in the packing house to make that uh, efficient and run smoothly. And you mentioned kind of 680 families for Thanksgiving. Do you do something special for Thanksgiving specifically, or is that kind of the monthly uh, delivery? Yeah. So Thanksgiving, we do a special delivery and it's has changed over the years. We work with several other churches in town and, and another nonprofit where, you know, we started out doing, um, you know, actually smoked turkey. So a guy has in the backyard, he's got 18 deep pits in his backyard. And we've uh, deep pitted over like 2000 turkeys before and delivered them out with many different organizations involved in that. And so we're actually preparing for that one right now. And unfortunately, we don't have turkeys this year. This first year, we haven't been able to do turkeys. But because of the shortage in meats, 
we weren't able to get turkeys or enough turkeys. We got a few turkeys, but not enough to do as many as we're doing this year. We're doing like 1,650 families this year. So we're doing a few hundred turkeys and we were able to get hams. And then actually we had an addition of like 180 boxes and we actually had to get chickens for that. So that's what we've been kind of dealing with this year with the pandemic and the meat shortages and things like that is just scrambling, trying to figure out what we're going to do and what we can get in that box. And so it's kind of been one of the struggles, you know, this year with the meat shortages and everything going on with the packing plants shutting down and the price of meat going up. But we were able to change on the fly and figure things out and get something that we can get these families food. So uh, like stuffing has been another one that's been in very short supply too. We usually get a couple boxes of stuffing and this year we might have to do rice. But um, yeah, Thanksgiving is always a special uh, distribution just because of the sheer amount of volume that we're doing. And it's, it's great. People love to come out on Thanksgiving Day and give up a couple hours and they get to go deliver to a family and just give them hope. And so Thanksgiving has always been a special one that we do. And we're really excited about this year because this is going to be one of our biggest distribution ever. Morningstar alone is going to be delivering over 680 boxes this month on Thanksgiving Day. And it's just a great way for people that don't normally get to come out and volunteers, a family, they get to come out and do that. They get to help us pack some of the boxes and then they get to go out and deliver to a family. And so it's just, um, it's really special to see the families come together and do that on Thanksgiving day. That's incredible. And do you have full-time employees for Morningstar as well, or is it all volunteer executed? Uh, we have um, a couple uh, part-time employees. So I have a guy in the warehouse that he goes out and picks up all the fresh meat and produce on a monthly basis. And he keeps the warehouse and the packing lines up in order. Uh, just like we got new packing rollers this year. And we, we changed the way that we're, um, like I said, we're doing our packing line. So he, he keeps all that in line and gets all the uh, produce and makes all the boxes and does all that stuff. And then I have my uh, mother-in-law, who's my administrative assistant that, you know, will call all the families and kind of line up all that stuff and help me, you know, with donation receipts and all the clerical and administrative stuff. But we're just part-time. And other than that, we, um, like I say, we get about 40 to 50 volunteers a month to come help us pack all the boxes up. Great. Okay. Well, anything else that we should be sure to mention? Yeah, I think it's been really cool to see, um, you know, some of the volunteers that actually come out and how they are inspired by what they're doing through the ministry. Uh, I connected with a guy on Lincoln not too long ago, and we just started chatting. And I didn't realize that he was moved out of town. I said, Hey, love to have you come back. And, and he had mentioned, yeah, he's, he's moved out of town, but how he was inspired by what he was able to do through the ministry. And that's what's something that's really cool to see that, you know, yeah, we're here for the families that we're delivering to, but actually the volunteers really get rewarded by, by coming and helping. And, you know, it seems like Thanksgiving is the one that really people kind of gather around and come together to, to go out and help the community and give thanks to, um, you know, how thankful we are, how blessed we are to be able to give back and uh, help some of these families that are struggling and are in need. Well, huge thank you to Brett for sharing this story of Morningstar on today's episode. It really is an incredible story of what happens when someone decides to use the resources at their disposal to make a big impact really on people who need it the most. 
You can learn more about Morningstar Fresh Food Ministries at their website, morningstarfresh.org. Thank you once again to Brett for being our first repeat guest here on the Almond Journey podcast. As you enjoy your Thanksgiving with family and friends, there's an opportunity for you to put your talents to use. And that'll be the focus of today's ABC Update. A few years ago, the Almond Board created a video called The Mummy Shake, which was a song about winter sanitation set to the music of the song Monster Mash. The popularity of The Mummy Shake led to an annual competition of growers submitting videos of themselves dancing to the song. Senior Manager of Industry Relations and Communications Jenny Nicolau says the contest is back this year, but it's a little bit different from years past. Almond Board is putting a new spin on the Mummy Shake contest this year, making it a lyrics rewrite competition to any popular holiday song. So think of Jingle Bell Rock, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, Up on the Housetop, really any holiday song. And what we're asking industry members to do when they're done eating the turkey this year at Thanksgiving, sit back, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and rewrite a minimum of one verse and one chorus to any popular holiday song. But here's the twist. The lyrics have to be focused on winter sanitation and reminding growers of the importance of removing mummies. We're gonna pick one winner for this contest and the winner with the best lyrics will receive a $500 Amazon gift card. And after that, we'll be pushing out the lyrics to the industry uh, in this clever way to remind growers of the importance of mummy shaking. Jenny says in addition to the big prize, the contest is also just a fun way to bring the industry together and serve as a reminder on this important topic. Shaking mummies is not a new practice, but I think the reality is it's pretty boring. After you harvest the almonds, you don't want to get back in there. The last thing you want to do is climb into a shaker. But the importance of removing those navel orange worm is critical to help manage aflatoxin. So if you've participated in the past, or maybe you haven't yet, and maybe singing and dancing wasn't your strength, all you need to do this year is write down some lyrics to your favorite holiday tune. So there's no video component. It really is a written component, just writing a minimum of one chorus and one verse. And you would email that to the Almond Board. All of these juicy details are at almonds.com slash mummy shake rules, but it's pretty simple. So have some fun writing down some winter sanitation lyrics with your family this Thanksgiving holiday, but make sure you submit them by the deadline, Friday, December 17th. That website, once again, is at almonds.com forward slash mummy shake rules. And don't forget that the Almond Conference is returning to Sacramento very soon, December 7th through 9th. It's going to be back in person at the newly renovated Safe Credit Union Convention Center. This year's theme, Rooted in Success, focuses on the foundation of our industry's growth, strategic market development, innovative research, and accelerated adoption of industry best practices. So go immediately to almonds.com forward slash conference to register and stay up to date with the latest Almond Conference information. We believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders like Brett Sill may have sparked a connection or idea that you can use in your own journey. And that's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. 
I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to this show on your podcast platform of choice. And please pass it along to others in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together.